Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. It is episode 40. And this is a this is a big one, especially for you uh Bret Hart fans out there. You know he had his uh his best matches in his 40s. So hopefully we'll have our best pods here in the 40s. No doubt. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, without question. I'll be back. I got I gotta chime in on the 40 in a second. You guys go ahead. We uh we got the three man booth back together. We got Andretti and we got Mongoose. And we are back. We're gonna do a top five today. We're doing the top our top five most hated to appreciated wrestlers. So we'll get to that in a little bit. Speaking but, uh, of the 40, I I still think 5-0 flat. I could do it. I I could easily do sub five. Sub five? Yeah. Get out of town. Yes, I could. Get out of town. I don't believe sub five. I'd throw 50 bucks on on not sub five. Could do I wonder five. if I could run a six. I'm deceptively fast. You guys don't realize that. I actually am pretty quick. Dude, I, sub six. Once I, once I get once I get all this weight moving forward, it's it, I can go pretty good. Sub six over 40. I think is I think that that's a legit. You know what I mean? Like that's like a that's like a, a hat hanger. So you you figure if I could get a sub six, I might be able to play in the USFL. Vegas Vipers or no? That's the XFL. My fault. Um, well, it's all yeah. the same. No, don't don't they just share players and they all the same teams? One would assume. It's all the One same. One would only assume. <laughs> I seriously think I could run sub five. I'm, we might have to put that to the test, babe. I'm at, yeah, I'm absolutely in on this. That is an excellent. Summer, either indie show slash uh, cheeseburger challenge. One of those two things has to go down. 50 bucks, man. I, I got it. Cheeseburger yeah. challenge. Yeah. Five, five Chris, tens. Mongoose is inventing his own, is his own events here. Of summer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. We've got, we've got the, 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 the indie, the indie show that we're going to go to. We're, we've got the Laurel Highlands pizza wars. And, and now and we've got the cheeseburger picnic and now we've got the cheeseburger challenge, <laughs> which I'm assuming is going to happen at the picnic or do you just run in your own event? You just run in opposition against no, my event. No brother. No, I'm, 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 I'm talking with you, but here's the thing. And this is what's fascinating that I said, I was going to get back to 40. So in numerology, because the last time that, that we, uh, you know, we were chatting, we were on 33 and all those three threes came up. Numerology, in numerology, 40 actually means that uh, like a leader or an agent of change. And so here I am making your own, uh, you know, uh, family get together way better by having uh, Jay Bay uh, do a 40 yard dash uh, here on episode 40. And we're going to be all going to WrestleMania 40. Isn't that? See, look at that, dude. It's all around. Listen, listen all lined up. I'm, I'm, I'm looking right now at what players in the Hall of Fame have gotten number 40. Gail Sayers jumps out. Pat Tillman. Mike Allstott. Mike, Mike Allstott's not in the Hall of Fame, but Mike Allstott was number 40. Was Pat yeah. Tillman 40? Who? Pat Tillman. Who? <laughs> Dude, I'll tell I'll tell you what, man. Now we're getting now now we're playing. We're playing deadly games. That right now we're doing that. 
I have no uh, idea. No, I don't know what I don't know what what Tillman's number. Dude, was. Tillman, I think it, it was absolutely forty. It probably wasn't, but I'm feeling like it was forty. Oh gosh. Pat Tillman was number forty. Okay, I was right. Oh, okay. Okay. Scott, Mike Allstott was forty. Yeah, Allstott was forty. I, I, there's not too many more on this list of forty. I thought there was going to be more names on here. Gary Anderson, Sterling Marlin, the number forty Coors machine. I didn't. He's not even on here. Oh, he. Oh, that's that's okay. That's your that's your. <laughs> you should know that you're Andretti. Hey man, I don't worry about what the competition does. I take. I, I worry about what I'm doing. Yeah. I control what I can control. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. How awesome was that Andretti fan club shirt that I found? Dude, I'm absolutely gonna design a shirt. I'm gonna make a shirt. I'm gonna get a printed and we're gonna sell them. Oh my gosh. In religion, 40 seems to be shorthand for a long time. Jesus spent 40 days fasting. The great flood lasted 40 days and 40 nights. The Jewish people wandered in the desert for 40 years. This is going to be a good one. To turn this audio medium into a visual now and just watch my head explode out of both of my temples. Holy cow, because it's a deadly game. Speaking of visual, uh, if you didn't watch last week's episode, you can actually watch uh, on YouTube. Um it's up on there on the Potsky YouTube channel is live and well. We will probably not have an a visual version. Uh, we won't have a visual version this week, but we'll have audio on YouTube. So if you listen to your podcast on YouTube, that will be up uh, the same way the other pods are up on Thursdays. Yeah, if we're going to be doing video, you got to give us a heads up on that. Yeah, no, I'm not going to do we that. We can't jump on here cold. No, no, well, because like my, I don't have a good camera and all that either. Yeah, you need a better camera. I need, uh, I need a, a, I need an actual mask of a mongoose. <laughs> so let me, let me, let me hop onto the webs, and uh, if I can make that happen, I'm all in. Andretti needs his Ultimo Dragon uh, mask since he was Definitely a big so. Ultimo so Dragon awesome. at ringside. So awesome. I love it. Hey, uh, we got a couple. We got a good birthday today. Oh yeah. So we're recording this on the 17th. It's going to go up on the 19th, right? Yeah. Okay, so happy birthday, Nails. And happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. Today, which is a big one. That's a big one for you, uh, Mongoose. I know you're a big Nails guy. Actually, this is going up in uh... That's all I got. This one's going up on 420, so... Oh, it is. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, uh, yeah, I didn't look at 420 birthdays, but I've got Thursday, Johnny the Bull. Happy birthday, Johnny the Bull. And happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. And uh, happy birthday, Brian Myers, on, uh, on, on Wednesday or Thursday. And happy birthday to him. I don't care. Good luck. How about that? Speaking of Long Island. What about it? Well, we mentioned Long Island earlier about, you know, maybe going to do the indie show earlier in, yeah. earlier in this broadcast already. So I figured I'd give a little shout out Long Island. We are yeah, absolutely yeah, without question. Long Island. Long Island's like our second city. And also today, National Crawfish Day. So shout out to the Blowfly, Blowfly Bar and Grill in Gulfport. <laughs> 
Shout out Guy Fieri, who's never steered me wrong. That place was awesome. Everything, everything they had, everything they had was tan, and that's the right that's the right color of food you're supposed to eat. Uh, you're not wrong there. Yeah, Thursday, not Thursday, wrong Baker, there. Baker Thursday, we got National Cheddar Fries Day. All right. Shout out Denny's, which has got great cheddar fries. So and go go hang out at your local Denny's. Also, really good cheese sticks at Denny's. I re- really quick, if we're gonna if we're gonna bring Denny's into this, uh, give me give me a breakfast and give me a non breakfast item. I'm, you got you're going to Denny's at breakfast time. What are you getting? I, I really do like the moons over Miami. That sandwich is good. And the uh, non breakfast <laughs> non breakfast item, I'm gonna go non breakfast. Honestly, I think their cheese sticks are are awesome. So I'm gonna go with the cheese sticks. What you got, John? I've never been to Denny's after breakfast, or I only get breakfast at Denny's, so I always get the Grand Slam. Okay. Or Moons, gotcha. over, Moons over Miami is is a close second. Yeah. Yep. Moons over Miami is number one with a bullet, and my favorite non-breakfast item for years and years ago, I think it was called the barbecue chicken sandwich. Oh, baby, it was something else, man. Chicken barbecue sauce. It had like onion rings or something like that on it. Do you, yeah, do you I mean, remember when we get we used to get that open faced turkey sandwich at Eaton Park? Oh, it was fantastic! Was you know that wasn't was that wasn't turkey. I think I think it was chicken. I think okay. it was a fiesta fiesta chicken. I think is what it was open called. Face. That was good. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, it was whenever uh, no, no no not no carb but low carb was was making its uh, first sort of foray into the um into the mainstream. Yeah, that was excellent. The old Atkins gimmick. That's right. Back in the day, I'm not. I'm not going. I'm not going no carb right now, but I'm going low carb because I eat too much bread, dude. I'll eat. I'll eat a whole loaf of bread in one sitting. Give me, give me a loaf of bread in a, in a tub of in a tub of spreadable butter, dude, and I'll be gone. I'll be good for three hours. Just leave me alone for three hours, dude. My my great uncle Bob, all right, dude. Dude has rumors. Rumors are that after one Primanti's night, where he. My late grandfather, my dad, and I. So generations of mongoose all went out to uh, all went out to the Pirates game together, probably twelve years ago. Uh, we stopped at Primanti's before and after, and uh, the legend has it that he took his blood sugar whenever he got home after two Primanti's runs, and his blood sugar was in the hundreds, like six hundred or you know something that would kill an elephant. Um, but the great thing with him is that. He is known for uh, whenever they would go fishing for decades, he would get a pound of chip tam, a, a loaf of bread, and a bottle of ketchup. He would take the one slice of bread at a time, karate chop it, Bruce Lee style, drop a couple of pieces of chip tam, squirt a ketchup, and eat it. The entire pound of ham, loaf of bread, and half a bottle of ketchup would be gone over one fishing session. Wow. He doesn't drink. Dude doesn't smoke. Dude just inhales processed carbohydrate. Dude, I love chipped ham. I love just one. That's one of the things I miss the most about being back home is there's no place out here to get good chipped ham. You're not gonna find that Starbucks or Prime Pizza. I'll tell you what, your your uh, your uncle there, you know, fortune favors the bold. You you better believe it, dog. That is absolutely true. And that's the thing is, I said, you know, my late grandfather, and he's he's the brother, and and this is the one that. Uh, you know, my my uh, grandfather Mongoose, man, he'd been, he could tip him back. Uncle Bob, baby, 
just give me the sandwiches. You know what I'm saying? And and so I guess that's what happens, right? <laughs> I can't believe you guys went two for two per Manny Brothers before and after. Before and after, man. Pre, pre and post, and dude. After. That's unbelievable. That is unbelievable. Yep. yep. So on my bachelor trip, Mongoose, so we were at uh the we are at the casino. What is it the rivers? Yeah. So we were there and we ate, we got a bunch of cheeseburgers at the restaurant there. And then we left and he's and we went to Permani Brothers and Mongoose walks right in the door, sits down and says, says five Sammies and five Coronas. He just ordered for us. And we sat there and ate them. And then we got that Uber the whole way back to the hotel and you just God. burying the the festival that was going on in that city that and and, and the Dutch yeah the Dutch got it hard man that poor fellow that was driving us he didn't he didn't want to hear about wooden shoes but I had a couple of things to say <laughs> you didn't want to hear about Alistair Black the whole time while in the car yeah <laughs> you're not right little did I know that he'd end up uh, marrying Zelina Vega so guess yeah, we who don't, the real winner guess who the real winner is we don't we don't like him for that <laughs> or Billy Kidman. Yeah, I thought you. I thought you were going to say that uh, old Mongers walked in there and said he wanted to sit in the chewing and racing section. <laughs> that would have been so much better. Yeah, if I if I tell you what, man, if I'd have had that one in the utility belt and threw that one down, I I tell you what, old, old Bil Chase probably would have popped to the moon. He'd have popped right back to sobriety <laughs> instead of just sitting there and just drooling all over his shirt. <laughs> Oh my! How great is that? Uh, I think my, I think, I think, uh, uh, Mama and Papa Andretti were at the Rivers today, if I'm not mistaken. So today's today's Papa Andretti's birthday. Shout out, Papa Andretti! Yeah, it's his birthday today, dude. How many girls were in the back, the the tailgate of the uh, the the Silverado shotgun oh, beers? Dude, probably probably two dozen, I would say, somewhere <laughs> around there. <laughs> I love it, man absolutely love it well happy birthday uh, uh father andretti i almost said uncle andretti and happy birthday to him i don't care good luck father and i guess he'd be my uncle that's your right. dad that's right because we're all brothers we all, all we're all, all brothers under the sun <laughs> uh well we do have some news that uh we wanted to talk about this week i guess the the biggest uh, is probably this Wembley Stadium gimmick that AEW is going to run. They're planning to run. Th this is where I'm a little confused, and I guess it's already been fleshed out, but it seems like they're going to be running the week before All-In Weekend, which is typically one of the big four that AEW does. They're going to be running Wembley Stadium in London, which is a 90K, 1,000-seat arena where they did SummerSlam 93. And so uh, 92, 92, 92, where, 92. where is the uh, pay-per-view? I don't know. So, so <laughs> they, so they haven't released that And from, and I did not read the observer this week. Um, whenever it came to the Wembley show, the only thing I did was I skimmed a little bit of punk stuff and then, uh, that was it. So there might be the thing about the observer that's tricky and there's Dave Meltzer specifically is that I know that you guys that he he grinds all your gears. 
uh, on the on the radio show. But I'll tell you what, man the the observer the observer is legit. Like if you go back if you go back a month and a half ago, there he wrote in the observer about hey, there's talks about bringing CM Punk back and they're formulating a plan and blah, blah, blah. And then whenever you go into like, you know, all the different dirt sheet news sites and everything, a lot of them, they're always citing WON, WON, WON. So while Dave himself doesn't understand how to orate and get his point across on a microphone, <laughs> the, the dude can get, gather information and put pen to paper pretty well. So I did not, and the, I give the, that long-winded thing because I did not read to go through, but from hearing his oration the 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 uh, verbal version my understanding is the idea is that all all, all in weekend is london and then all out weekend is still happening and here's what i think is a really cool idea about this and you guys feel free to chime in whenever i get my shit in but uh all in the premise of all in was we are going to do this show that nobody thinks we can sell out, that nobody thinks that we can sell, that is just a couple of indie guys coming together, a couple of buddies, and you know, I'm going to prove to you we can sell out this arena. So the fact that they called this pushing your chips all in, literally show all in, I think is awesome. I really do because it is it's the next iteration of the same kind of idea. It's it's like a like a like a progression or a growth of that idea. And so I don't want them to lose all out because I like I like all out as being one of their big four core four, whatever you like to say. And I had said to you guys, and if this is within the writings of the observer, then, you know, it, I don't want to say it's verified, but we can pretty much say that it's in the works. The idea that I had was do all in as a streaming special or a pay-per-view and then do all out as a streaming special or a pay-per-view. So if they end up, especially if they end up tethered to HBO Max, that's where you get that done. If they do not, I think that the only feasible thing is $50 a pay-per-view or like 60 bucks if you buy both, 75 bucks if you buy both. Because yeah. you know what, I'll buy both. You know, like, I'm, right. I hate to say this, but I'll buy both no matter what. Right. But that's a lot I, of money though for most people. Well, and that's the, that's just it. But if you if you if you do a package deal kind of thing with it, it's cool. The one thing that I did hear Meltzer say though that actually stuck out to me big time was that the WWE tried that back-to-back pay-per-view model with like this Texas and Tuesday or the uh uh the New Year's whatever that New Year's thing was, not not the recent one, but maybe in like 04, 05. You know what I'm talking about where, where they did like the fan special Taboo Tuesday? Was taboo, that it? Yeah, I think Cyber, taboo. was it like the Cyber thing? Or? Yeah, they did Taboo Tuesday and then they did like Cyber Wednesday or something like that. Yeah. And so that actually was demonstrated to not be a moneymaker. So one would assume that they would not do pay-per-views back to back. Um, I think that the winner, winner, chicken dinner is if there is no streaming deal in place, then all in is on TBS, TNT, TNT, I guess would be the preferable one at whatever time, 1 p.m. on Sunday. Do you know what I'm saying? Like for as, as big an audience as you could possibly get. Uh, and then you do all out regularly for your pay-per-view audience. 
Yeah. So there's a bunch of different ways to go. If I tell you what, man, if there's 60,000 plus people in that building, if you build it, they will come. People are going to buy that show. Uh, dude, 125,000 plus people bought Forbidden Door and it had the worst build to a pay-per-view I ever saw in my life. And it was yeah, the best show. It was the best show of the year last year. You're not wrong about that. I mean, that you know, I, I'm I am surprised. I'm surprised that they've already gotten as much pre-sale tickets as what they did. Um, you know, I, I want it to be successful because I love the idea of them running Wembley. I, I think it's I think it's fantastic. Because I mean, look, WWE ran that show in Cardiff. Um, and they got did, did they sell that place out or did they get really close to selling it out? They got close. I guess the biggest problem with them was. And as far as money, it was the right thing. They charged a jillion dollars for tickets. AW can't do that, and no, they, 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 that was they said they can't do that. And I don't, I don't know what Cardiff even holds. I don't know what that, I don't know what that stadium holds. But no. um, I mean, this is the first time they've been, they've run a show in the UK, correct? Yes, this is the yeah. first time they've ever entered the market. Yeah, okay. it, it, that first time they've ever crossed the Atlantic. So yeah, for, they, yeah look, never. I, I know we, we've we've talked about this, you know, a lot in the group chat and everything, but like. You know, I was skeptical of them even getting 40 and now they're over 60. Is that where, is that where we're at right now? Right. Uh, as of Friday of last week, which we're recording on the following Monday, uh, they had 50,000 presale signups. That's crazy. And Cardiff stadium, which is, uh, millennium stadium holds 78,000 for boxing. Okay. Well, here's, here's the thing. So, um, you know, we all watch a lot of wrestling and we've watched, we've, we've watched a lot over the years, you know, even going back in time and watching stuff. But typically when people try to run stadium shows that are that big and you can't get a sizable crowd into that building, it looks really bad on the camera. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you've got a stadium that holds 90,000 people and you've only got 45 in attendance, that place is going to look awful, man. And it, it, you don't, you don't want to do that. Like, like think about those Think about those those AWA shows where they were running like the the Silver Dome, right? And they've only got they've got like a third capacity in that building. It looks so bad, right? Or you think about like whenever World Class would run Texas Stadium, things like that, and they would they would have to keep all the fans in one section, and it looks really bad on camera when you when you've got a huge empty building like that. So that was my 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 biggest concern was I didn't want AEW to look like one of those secondary promotions, the way that world-class or AWA, somebody like that looked every time they tried to run a really big show like that in a big, in a big stadium. No, I agree. That's, that's where the pricing feeds in, you know, like that, that first Alamo dome show that they did where Michaels beat uh, Sid justice. Uh, dude, they, they were giving, they were doing like two for one, $10 tickets to get that arena full. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so if if it came down to it, I'm I'm absolutely sure that that is what they would do here. You know, like they that arena's I'm or stadium rather that thing is going. I'm not saying that it's going to be 90k, but they're going to have 65 plus whether we want it or not. Do you know what I mean? Like like they're going to they find a, they're going to find really, a way to do it. I hope that I, they do, man. That, and that's why I was saying too. Like it, it would be it's really unfortunate about the about the Bret Hart comments he made. Look, just keep your mouth shut, man. I mean, this this guy, I don't know why this guy can't get out of his own way. He's he's my favorite wrestler ever. He's always gonna be. He was a role model for me when I was a kid. The guy can't shut up. 
And he like why why he buried AEW like that recently on online or in an interview or whatever it was I have no idea because that would be a really 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 great thing to have him show up at Wembley after having that awesome match with Davy Boy when they were over there and just give a really good special all the feels man give everybody all the feels about being back in that building and what that match meant to him how much that match meant to everybody with the british bulldog you know and in, in, in the the whole uk audience being there that is a very special moment in wrestling it's a great match why would you not want to have bret hart there to try to try to do something special in that ring yeah i don't know i feel like I feel like they got to have something big like that. Like you, you would, you would assume because they are really, really good at having really big surprises and stuff like that. Or they, they usually when they have a big show like that, they never, they haven't not ever done something like that. So I don't know who would be bigger than Brett, but I would be really disappointed if he's not at that show for this. Cause this is, is this the first time they've run a Wembley show since then? Yes. Anybody wrestling? Yeah. Well, and the and thing he's too gotta, is, I mean, he's got to be there. Well, there's two things with this. The first one is Brett presented their first ever AEW championship. Mm -hmm. He was there at the show. Second is they have developed a healthy and longstanding working relationship with his family. Sure. And so the biggest thing here is that Brett, Brett is what, look, all, all he is, is what the, macho man hulk hogan like what they were 10 years ago and what harley race and all of them were then before to go watch kevin nash shoot interviews from 2013 2014 and listen to him bury all the people that just like to play video games and jump around and there's no men in the locker room and wrestling now is as entertaining as a sport spectacle quote unquote as it's ever been it's it's literally just grumpy old men stuff and at the end of the day, the um, the percentage of people that heard those comments or saw those comments, either A, is so small that if they brought him on, it wouldn't matter, or B, if it mattered at all, the second that he walked out there, dude, all's forgiven, all's forgotten. It'll be the same thing when CM Punk comes back, man. This is this big, you know, uh, layered disaster. The second that that guy comes out, Everybody that said, I hate CM Punk, don't need him back, whatever, what is going to be screaming, uh, uh, cult of personality the second that the music hits. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it's a slam dunk. If they don't do it, then bad on whoever didn't want to do it, either them or Brett. And to be honest, if it's Brett, I would just keep, I'd just keep giving him more money. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, because that, that, because nobody's turned down a payday. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that it's going to do any damage with with having him make those comments and, and then conceivably showing up. I just thought it was stupid on his part, and and he's that guy. That guy has said a lot of dumb things over the years. And again, he's my favorite of all time. He's always going to be, but he's got to learn to shut up sometimes. Like, not we don't we don't need to hear your opinion on everything every second of every day, man. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I guess whether, whether you whether you like it or not. Where wrestling is right now, whether whether as an old timer, whether you like it or not, it's it's your responsibility to put over people, whether you're 70 or you're 40 or you're 20. That is your responsibility. So find something good to say about AEW. There's people there that deserve your praise. And, the, and the, I guess the most frustrating thing about that is that literally AEW was made 
because of Bret Hart. Yeah. Like, like that, th- those new gen skinny workers are what the, those guys in AEW are our age. Like they grew up watching Michaels and Hart and, you know, even like your, um, your uh, Scott Halls and some of those that were bigger, bigger, but not like well, dude, the, they, the they also, freaks. even, even going a step, step younger than that. They were the people that were in love with Ricky Steamboat and, and Randy Savage. Who then? Who yeah. then saw? Yeah. Who then saw Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels finally get a chance to be on top, and it was the greatest thing in the world because they were them. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess for uh, it, the the fifty k signups is a really good sign. Um, I think that it, this all kind of came out, and what you had mentioned earlier, Mongoose, is that the the streaming deal. This all kind of came out around whenever. HBO or Warner announced that uh, HBO Max and Discovery Plus are merging into just Max. So I felt like there had to be, there has to be a reason because they can't, if they do the package deal, which is, seems like a good idea, or if you make one a streaming, because they kind of did that already with Fighter Fest. And what was the other one? Fighter Fest and Fight for the Fallen. Both well, if you if you remember, whenever they first started the double or nothing, but because they didn't start on TNT until October, right, right. so you had double or nothing, and then there was Fight for the Fallen, Fighter Fest, and I don't remember the order of the two, um, but yeah, those were BR live shows. You know, the crappy thing about that is that I think that those are gone from the BR archive. Really, I might be I might be wrong, but whenever I go to like my purchases. Um, that, yeah, I, I do not see that now. Those also weren't purchases. Those were free shows. Right. Um, but, yeah, they're not on the thing. So I don't know if those have been, like, stricken from the lore or what, which I don't want to – like, the thing with that is is that I'm not going to complain because, like, it was literally them just filling two shows. But I would really like to go back and see what was going on. Like, do you remember that video game guy fought Nakazawa and – uh yeah, like I know that like Cornette wanted to, uh, you know, just attack people with a razor blade and uh, all kinds of other stuff because of that. But I'd, I'd actually really like to go back and rewatch that. I think that there was like an Omega and Shima match. Yes. And yeah, yeah. I don't think I've good. never seen those. I've never seen those shows. Omega Shima was good, man. I mean, there was stuff on that that wasn't. They did the Young Bucks versus Cody and Dustin. Yeah, and then Cody faced Darby, and then Sean Spears came out and hit Cody with. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I never, I never saw any of that. Oh yeah, those actually weren't terrible shows. They, you know what? They they were good enough that that first episode of Dynamite had 1.6 million viewers or whatever it was, and was completely sold out to the gills. I'll yep. tell you what, Andretti, if you're uh, if you're feeling freaky. Um, I would love to uh, put that as a homework assignment. If that's on the BR app, I'd I'd love to sneak in a little pod ski where we reviewed from years ago the uh, fight for the falling and fight for the fallen and and uh, um, fighter fest shows. Well, look if you, if you can if you can find them if you know where they're at. Let's do it, man. They might be on YouTube. They could be on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I have to do some looking. Just put them on the YouTube channel, but we can check that out. Um. Speaking of, you mentioned Punk, and you also mentioned Warner Media. So the other thing that I heard today is that AEW is getting a third show, a third wrestling show that is going to be a Saturday nights type, a Saturday night WCW style show, and it's well, that'll that'll save it. 
<laughs> it's supposed to be we need, we need we need more we need more AEW TV. <laughs> this is it's it's supposed to be called AEW Collision and what is described as a soft brand split that CM Punk is supposed to come back and carry that brand. But th that's what's rumored, that's what Andrew Zarian said and he's also of the observer, but he also said that Warner Media has been told and promised that CM Punk is coming back and Punk wants to work with the elite, but the elite don't want to work with Punk. Is this show supposed to be live? I don't know. I don't Are we talking are we talking like a like a like a 605 show where there's jobbers and stuff like that? Or are we talking like a Saturday night's main event? I think so I would assume that it's like an eight o'clock-ish show. Um, because and the reason why is the Regina, uh, that could be tricky, huh? The <laughs> Regina Canada show is, I think it's six p.m. Eastern, which is seven or eight p.m. or excuse me, six p.m. local time, which is seven or eight p.m. Um, Eastern. And so you're not going to start a taping right on the dot. They're going to tape dark matches first or, you know what I'm saying? They're going to do whatever. And so that's what I, that's what my understanding is that it's going to be an eight o'clock ish show. So they're going to run. So do you think they're, they would open, do that first night with Nick Wayne and Swerve? Well, the Nick and Swerve are supposed to be on dynamite. That's scheduled for dynamite. Oh, the, wow. Regi the Regina show is the one that sort of, um blew the cap off of this is because it was supposed to be a house show and then they changed the the phrasing of what the like what the ticket said from house show to taping or house show to tv do you know what i'm saying something like that and that was really what made the made, what made all the wheels turn with this so i think that 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 um chicago is it a chicago dynamite the punk's supposed to come back on Yes, I don't know. Yeah, it's supposed to be it's supposed to be the dynamite and the go home show for Forbidden Door. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I would I would assume, and if if you think about it this way, they used Adam Cole's return to plug the reality show. Yeah, it would make a lot of sense to have him come back to plug because that Regina show is supposed to start. It was supposed to be in July. Hmm. So that that time wise that makes a lot of sense yeah it does i find it a little weird that adam cole is now like the tony khan announcement mouthpiece <laughs> like well, here's here's the thing you know why i think that is is i think that he's gonna get rocket shipped to the top baby face of the company and these the, these are him sort of sort of putting the jacket on you know trying the suit on to see how it fits well it's that, also because it's, tony lex luger, the old lex luger with the belt trick huh yeah, yeah. And Tony also is terrible at giving announcements. You're you're oh, right about that, Treddy. It's a little bit awkward. So they want to get somebody in there that can speak. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. That was the other big news note that was at least AEW um related. But uh if we're gonna go travel back to WWE, this I don't know I don't know if we've talked about it, uh Mongoose or not, but Andretti and I talked about this WCW crowdfunder. Because we saw it in person at the superstore, and they 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 redid the tiers. So at five thousand backers, you get the Steiner and the Rey Mysterio, 
Hogan gets bumped to the 11,000 tier. Um, Warrior gets bumped up to the 9,000 tier. And then the DDP stays at 7,000. So uh, they're limping their way to this. And the way it's looking right now, I don't know if they're going to get a late surge like what the new gen arena did because it really got a late surge, but it's not looking good. And they're only sitting at like, they're they they're not even halfway there yet, and they have uh they're almost halfway through the crowd funder. Well, it's too much yeah. too much money. Yeah, and I'll I'll let I'll let Andretti uh, chime in, but you know this is something that I'd said to you guys privately before. I think where you screwed the pooch here is the, the selection of figures that they made are all mainline guys. Yeah. Like I think that I think that if you're going to crowdfund, man. You're going to ask a niche of people to spend a lot of money for something that they want. So they don't want another Rey Mysterio. They don't want another Hulk Hogan. Do you know what I mean? Now, as you brought up that it was pitched, that it was Postamania. That's a whole nother ball game. Like Posta, that that gimmick is that's a great idea, but it's not. It's Nitro debut. Yeah. And so my thing that I had said is I think that they really, really dropped the ball by putting that Luger and that Bischoff, the debut Luger, and then that um, changeable Bischoff into that Walmart exclusive package. Those absolute, those are going to sit, man. Dude, Jeff Hardy ultimates sit. Batista ultimates sit. You think people are going to go and buy debut Lex Luger in a in a shirt and pants? No like, way. The answer is no. Yeah, it's absolutely no. It's and, gonna be, I mean, look that that Paul Heyman, the Paulie dangerously Paul Heyman, I thought was a really cool figure, and no one's buying that. No, mm-hmm. it's a cool. Yeah, like, people, yeah, like we the, thought we thought Weasel Heenan was going to be awesome and to be a big hit, and that and that thing you can get for three dollars anywhere you want. Oh to yeah, that that poor poor Weasel suit Heenan man, and yeah, and so the the move would have been that you do the debut Lex. Why not the debut Lex that literally was the first thing on first Nitro that made it such a huge deal was Lex jump ship. Right. So you have debut Lex, you have the changeable Bischoff, you your first big pop of pump. I know Andretti said that we're going to get a thousand Steiners. Beep. And a thousand Steiners. And, and, and he's right. But, um, the reality of the the thing is, is because it's the first time in a line and it's an ultimate, it's a great gimmick. So right there, there's three figures for you. So now go through your catalog of who's available, what, where, and why. Um, any dude, you you think Laparca would get mad if you asked him to use his license to uh to add a figure to a thing, or you know what I mean, or, or something like that. Conan, um has been doing stuff with the company for a long time now. How does yeah. he legends deal well co- i'll tell you what uh that's actually good that's a that'll be a good one for it would have been awesome but but for this do you know what i'm saying like that's just the thing is that these are figures that people like us that are nerd dorks that have full-time jobs would pop for but but your general audience that goes to walmart or target they want uh, you know your Hogan and your DDP and all that. I, that's that's where I think they screwed this one up. No, well, and, I think, and I hope that they get it because more things like this are better. But I, I think it's tone deaf, kind of, to your audience. 
especially um, because they made that the new gen diesel and then the um the WrestleMania 10 Macho. Macho is a guy that's common, but WrestleMania 10 was very smart. And then uh to throw in Doink, I thought Doink was brilliant. Well, Doink's toyetic, and that's why it would have been good to have a Laparco or a Mortis or somebody like that in there. There would have been like a really great looking uh character to put to put into that into that set too. And that's where that's what they don't really have. I mean, they 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 think they've got that with the Ray, but Ray's not there's too many Rays. There's already too many Rays. That's the complaint that I've seen so far is that there's too many Hogan's and there's too many Rays. Like that Hogan is already in a Legends line, essentially. Like that that ninety five, late ninety four, ninety five WCW Hogan is literally in stores right now, and that doesn't. There's not much differentiation between that Hogan and the one that you're going to get in the crowdfunder. I mean, what about what about like a like a uh, a King Iakea, like a, like the the Dungeon Master, something like that. Well, if you were going to go Hogan, and here's the thing is, I don't actually don't think that it's Nitro. But if you were going to go Hogan, the move would have been, do you remember whenever him and the Giant were going to face off at that Halloween Havoc? Yeah. And he went he went black. Yes. He's like, he, like something like that would have been the move. But that, I think that that was, that was 95, huh? So that was before Nitro. Was that before Nitro? When did Nitro debut? 95 or 96? I forgot. I don't remember. So if if it's in the area, I don't know. Even if even if it's not technically in the thing, that that would have been cool. I just feel like they they have people that are legends, or they have people that are within the system already. That I felt like they could have done, like because even if you so the three that you mentioned, the other two that I would have added to that would have been uh, Canadian tuxedo. Razor, Canadian, Canadian tuxedo Scott Hall is brilliant, man. That debut Scott Hall, and, and the, it, same with the debut Lex. He's going to be an elite. Why would you not want to make him a part of this? And then you bring in Nash with the white hat and the black shirt, and like where he says, like, look at the adjective. We're not here to play like that, or like the something real niche, like Great American Bash, like where they threw Bischoff off the off the stage, like something like that would have been perfect. Because they're already trying to, I thought that's what they were going to do because they were uh, announcing these um, ultimate two packs and with the Usos at the end of the year. I thought this would be a great way to kick off the other, the Legends line of that in the crowdfunder because that would in- interest people in sticking with the Legends and the two packs and, and the ultimate. So I just think they've kind of, I mean, I really like the figures that they did. I'm not in for the Hogan and I didn't care for the Hogan. I guess the thing the thing that makes the Hogan that you want that you want for me is the belt was going to be a real WCW World Heavyweight title. It was going to be a, a fresh mold. So because all the other ones that you get, they all had the WWE logo on them. This was going to be um, WWE brandless. So that would have been cool. And and the fact that it would have been Postamania and that it got nixed somewhere down the line that sucks, but. I don't know. I just feel like they did the shuffling. The initial shuffling sucks because then they had to come back and rebrand it. And now everyone knows that you can just wait and then back. Right. So, which sucks. Cause like when we saw this, like I've seen it in person, it's, it's enormous. And I think that the other thing that they're not really telling you a lot is that it can be, split in half like size of it can go a half to even a third of the size and they're not i feel like that's not out there people are just like well it's so big i don't have room for that well it's like well no like if you're if 
if you want to get it, like the the size, it, it's customizable for size. So like if that's the only thing that's holding you back from buying it size wise, like it can be it can be customizable. Like it, you can have it in smaller, slim configurations and stuff like that. That's what I've seen. But here's here's and here's where here's where I think that they that they screwed up though with this. This one in particular is you would have thought that so the lesson that would have been learned from the new gen one would have been you know to uh to up your your ante with your figures what what they did though was instead of upping the ante with the figures they added more figures but they made the stage bigger and dude that new gen set i think is awesome there is not one place that I could display anything beside literally the the WWE entrance lights. Yeah, like that's it. And so I, I'm I I think that they I think that they went wrong in charging four hundred dollars for something that the overwhelming majority of people that would want to buy it would keep most of it just in a box in a room. Yeah, do you know what I'm saying? Like that that's that's just is is it should have been. The idea should have been a curtain and a small ramp, like a like a stage set and a small ramp, and then these awesome figures. That, that's what I would have rather that have been, as opposed well, to that this big huge stage. Well, here here's the thing too. We are in escrow right now on a new house, and I'm not even in the house yet, and I'm already telling you I don't have room for it. Yeah, most people don't. Yeah, when when. Like I'm going to make room for it if it gets funded. I already have a plan of what I'm going to do, but I have to make room for it. Well, dude, the, the, whenever the AEW guys came out, I got the, the real scale ring and sold the real scale ring in 25 minutes because I was like, well, shoot, there's nowhere I can put this. It is huge. And this is not just even a ring, at least in a ring, you can put a bunch of figures in it and just like put it on a table. This is you know, this is a big gaudy thing and it's awesome. It is awesome, but it's not $400 awesome. You know, that's just like the Thundercat Thunder Tank. Dude, the Thunder Tank is is literally me, you, and Andretti can fit into that Thunder Tank, right? But it's so but, big. It is so big, but what am I going to do with it? Right. You know what I mean? That's the, that's the problem. I mean, you could put your daughter in it and push her down a street like it's a, like it's a, like a, like a, uh, Shotsy. What are those things? What are those? The, the, what are those things called? The, uh, oh god, the uh, power wheels, like a power, power wheels, wheels, dude. You can treat her like a power wheels. Yeah, she has one. She has a white Mercedes M class, uh, little uh, little SUV. That was uh, that was Christmas. Uh, it was like two years ago. The nice thing is, is she still rides that thing around. But dude, I'll tell you what. If I if I just put baby mongoose into that thing and said, all right, honey, go find some thundrolium. Me and Mama Mongoose need a couple of minutes. That would be freaking awesome. <laughs> and then she ends up in that tower of jokes or whatever that thing was that Lino had to find that the gargoyle or no, the gargoyles. Remember the gargoyles attacked Lino, and in reality, it was the the guy that had the tower was already dead. Love gargoyles. Nah, dude, thunder, thunder, thundercats. People know they know what I'm talking about. I can't remember what the tower was. That dang Wiley Cat and Wiley Kit. They were all getting into, always getting into stuff. <laughs> um, but we also have a big response now from Andretti because JC last week laid down the Pizza Wars 
promo and now it is time for andretti's response it's time i, I he, he's really uh put this over in the chat so now it's time i'm, I'm ready for this so let's let's hear it look i'm not trying to start trouble here with anybody and you you know that man but like at some point if you respond to someone that's running their mouth you know that means that on some level you consider them an equal and i'm not responding to that that's all i have to say no response yeah you know what jc stands for just crap <laughs> look he says he's a man of the people well, guess what? I mean, the, the people eat a lot of really bad pizza. The people eat seafood pizza. They eat pickle pizza. I mean, thank God they've got they've got people, you know, they've got me here, you know, someone like me, the, the Cambria County coroner, Justin Andretti, to tell them what's good and what isn't, you know, because most of the quote unquote people of which he is uh, very oddly a, a, a very proud member of are very ordinary because not everybody is extraordinary. And, you know, Roxanne down at the uh, Weiss Market with her little mayonnaise and tuna pizza or whatever you lunatics love to eat when you were working there. She's not an extraordinary pizza person. I have eaten the greatest pizzas. I have eaten the greatest pizzas nationwide. And I have someone to prove it. Who's you, Johnny Podcast, the great Shippensburg Bake Show himself. And look, I'm going to tell you something. I'll take Dr. JC to places that are so good that he will contemplate faking his own death and just disappearing into rural North Carolina backcountry. He will take one bite of that pepperoni and green chili pizza at Dion's in Albuquerque, and he'll beg me to take him back to the hotel so he can just lay there in the darkness and contemplate how he got himself into such a mess like this to begin with. And look, man, there's no mercy and there's no escape. I will drag him nationwide, pillar to post. We'll go to those guys' pies in Vegas, and he's going to weep in the car. We'll go to Emo's outside of St. Louis, and he'll have a pizza so good and so unique that he'll actually be ashamed of himself to even try stepping in the ring with me. You want to go to the Star Tavern in Orange, New Jersey? I'll bulldog you over and over all the way down 280, and then all the way up High Street, and you're going to weep. You're going to weep in the car. And look, man, this 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 ends in one this ends in one conclusion, man. It it comes it comes down to this: he's going to come with me and Dolan and whatever other creatures are man enough to get on get on the workload this July on the Laurel Highlands Pizza Wars number three, and he will cry in the car because the sweet sauce at Joey O's in Latrobe, the crust at Morris's in St. Michael, the whole shebang at Marlene's and Nanny Glow, brother. That's what it's going to be. And you're going to see what pizza really is. Now, look, hear me right now and save yourself the embarrassment. You might be a pizza player in your little Chambersburg pizza territory, right? But this is where the big boys play. And what works in places like Goofball, Greencastle, doesn't translate all the time into the big leagues, pal. This is like taking ECW out of the small theaters and putting it in an arena is what it's going to be like. Now, all of a sudden, you realize Tommy Dreamer actually sucked. Say it again. And another thing. Let me talk to you, Wild Side. Listen up, you pizza peon. Congratulations on being the first Plotsky doctor. If I ever have a little tummy ache, I know who I'm going to call. 
but you better know who you're dealing with, brother, is I am the Timothy Thatcher of Thin Crust. I am the Pat Tanaka of pepperoni. I am the Gunther of green peppers. I am the super crazy of sausage, the Mark Briscoe of mushrooms, and the Katsuyori Shibata of sweet sauce, pal. I am the Mance Warner of mozzarella. I am the one-man gang of oregano, the Bad News Brown of bacon, the El Santo of spinach, the beautiful Bobby Eaton of basil, the Hayabusa of ham, the Stu Hart of stuffed crust, the Eddie Gilbert of extra cheese, the Dan Severn of diced tomatoes, and the Ray Stevens of red onions. I am the perfect weapon, the consummate perfect pizza professional. And for 42 years, JC, I've been walking that aisle, brother, traveling the roads, making towns across this nation, diesel roaring and rolling thunder, pal. And this July, if you're actually man enough, which I certainly question, after this edition of the Laurel Highlands Pizza Wars, you, my friend, are going to go and tell the world. Wow. You think he's playing? Rough Riders. Uh, holy andretti oh dude i'm get not car. pregnant get in the car dude, get in the I'm... car and find out get the uh, car listen and find listen out. listen brother i'm not pregnant i'm just full of pizza after that <laughs> like it's like you injected my stomach full of 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 Rust and 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 oh, I can't even talk. Mozzarella and sauce and sausage from coast to coast, baby boy. That is how you lay down the gauntlet. Two different gauntlets in one show. There's not going to be any mercy with this. He's if he gets in the car, he's going to eat better pizza than he's ever had in his life, and he's going to feel really bad about challenging me with anything. I, I got to tell you guys about pizza here really quick. Hmm. And I'm not going to be able to follow up what we just heard. But I have a, I have a little quick uh, pizza anecdote from Western Pennsylvania. Um, there was a night. Oh, this is years ago. I was but a ute. And uh, I was with the uh, Slovak Ibushi. Okay. Uh, Andretti's cousin. All right. Uh, what's What's the other one that we call him? Uh, the Kushida one there, uh, Andretti. I mean, I know we called him Slovak Ibushi. I, that's the only thing I remember. I thought that we had a Kushida one too. So I'm we, with, we, we, we decided on Ibushi over Kushida. That's <laughs> right. That's right. So I'm with I'm, Kushida is that he likes to bang the rats. Ah, so that, well, <laughs> as, as, no. does, as does my cousin. Uh, so <laughs> we, so dude, so we got Slovak Ibushi. And then we have the uh, the uh, Scotsman um, whose name consonants are backwards. Okay, so us two, uh, we were we were a three man wrecking crew through the uh, Summerhill Social Club for some time, and um, we we had a, we had a night of drinks and merriment at the Summerhill Social Club. We walked back over to the uh to the to the scotsman's uh abode and uh i'm hungry right and so is slovak Ibushi. and so we're like looking around and oh dude scotsman got himself a uh 
dude, he's got pizza, like a frozen pizza, Red Baron or whatever, right? And so we're looking. And Who'd he ever beat? The Red Baron? Well, he ever beat? well, listen, brother, we put this thing on. He has this, there's this metal disc and it's attached to this thing that like goes up like this. And um, it's, it's like a pizzazz or whatever. And so me and me and Slobakabushi are so out of it at this point in time that we couldn't figure out how it worked. So we thought that it was just something that like held while you put it into the oven. And if you guys don't know what a pizzazz is, a pizzazz is an electronic electric pizza maker. So it is its own pizza oven. And so, yeah. And so we are preheating the oven cold red baron sitting on pizzazz while the oven preheats scotsman comes walking down the stairs and says hey what are you guys doing and we're like oh brother we're gonna make this pizza and he's like where and we're like in the oven and he get ready to beep john what the you idiots that's an electric pizza maker you're gonna burn my house down uh, because we were going to put the electric pizzazz right into the pizza right into the oven and literally start a fire and literally burn down all of summer hill dude <laughs> lost his mind at the end of the day everything was saved we put the red baron right straight onto the rack and then all was good whenever we got those little baby pepperonis in our mouths afterwards but yeah man that would have been a tragic tale of me having to be like, ah, burned Scotsman's house down. You know, what happened? Ah, we got all busted up and put a pizzazz into the oven for a couple of minutes. You know what I'm saying? Well, that so, sounds yeah. like something the uh, Italian stallion up the street from me would have done. <laughs> hey, Andretti. You want to hear, so you want to hear a funny story about Slovak and Bushi? Hit it. They were, they were, they were never allowed to watch wrestling in that house for some reason. But every time you would go up there, there were Superfly, Jimmy Snooker, LJNs laying all over the house. Right. <laughs> that makes sense, dude. Not only, not only laying all over the house, I'm sure absolutely destroyed with markings, <laughs> sticky. It probably had burn marks on them. Like <laughs> all, all of those things I'm very certain could have happened with, the, with that group of dudes. Yeah, the uh, the 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 action figures in that house went through a, a brutal a brutal life, to say the least. Wow, uh, mongoose, do you have uh, anything on your list? I think you have one thing you want to go before we hit hit the top five. Ah, uh, I did, and thank you for that. Um, so whenever before we got on, I was uh, you know I was just sort of venting to uh, old Bake about the you know about minimal amount of uh, show prep that I was able to do baby mongoose she was ill for a while and then I got home today and I looked up at the calendar and uh I uh saw that it was Monday April 17th and tomorrow being tax day your man had to sit down he had to crack a tropical beer hug and he had to start on the local taxis and so I'm sitting there and just for 45 minutes, man, plugging away at the local taxes. And I was just thinking to myself the whole time, you know, they call me Mr. Bill Collector, you know, talking about make my money, no more, he's enough tonight, or however that goes. So uh, 
Join at this point in time for tax day, which by the time this drops is going to be afterwards. But if we can get a drop really quick of the, just the beginning, of, call me Mr. Bill Collector. I'd appreciate that for Uncle Sam, you know, just. Don't call it Mr. Bill Actually, I got $10, $10 back locally. So big ups to you, local county that won't be named, that is dangerously close to John. Um, but uh yeah, yeah, that was that was that was all. Just wanted to just wanted to shout out Bone Thugs and Harmony there really quick. East 1999 internal, great album. Uh, if you haven't heard it, listen to it. Um, Cleveland is a city where we come from, so run, run, run. Awesome. Also, I saw it. Bone Thugs and Harmony open up for Insane Clown Posse at a show one time. Um, can't add money. <laughs> no, you can't, brother. That was that was that was interesting. That was interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I never get money back on the local tax because the old work does not pull out my local tax. So I always owe all of it around tax time. So that always sucks. But um, I got I got one thing. I want to. Um, cause it's, it's noteworthy. It is noteworthy. So, um, capital, capital collision that happened this past weekend, the new Japan show. Okay. We should talk about that real quick. So, um, you know, look, it was, it, you know, I, I didn't get to see the show. I saw the, I saw the, uh, um, I saw the results. I read some of the, some of the reviews and everything. It sounds like it was okay. You know, it was, it was a decent enough show. Um, I want to give a big congrats to, uh, Andretti pit crew member Mark Davis for adding another belt to our trophy case. You know, the, the APC is doing really well right now. We're really healthy with Mark running one of the cars, man. That's we're we're really happy with him doing that. So congratulations to him. Um, you know, I, I know that a uh, couple other things about that show. Um, um, I wish I would have got to see the Zack Sabre Jr. And Filthy Tom match. I, 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 w- I wanted to see that, but I didn't want to pay for it. Um, Ishii and Desperado, it sounds like Ishii finally got a win. It seems like that guy hasn't won a match in about 30 years. Um, you know, I, I I saw that uh, Kenta beat Eddie Edwards. I wish that would have been. I, I heard that that, that uh, Bushi match freaking rocked. I'm sure it that, did. Yeah, I, I heard that that was awesome. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Um, Kenta beat Eddie Edwards. Why Eddie Edwards is ever on a main card, I don't know. But um, it, it sounds like we're going to get Hikaleo. And Kenta at Don Taku, which I think is going to be really awesome. Uh, the one thing that I did hear about that show is that Lance Archer called out Omega for Forbidden Door, and if it's if that's what they're going to put on for Forbidden Door is Omega versus Lance Archer, I hope that someone hits Tony Khan in the face with his clipboard. Yeah. Well, the, the, but that's uh, he. They're in a tournament, so. The the winner of the tournament, it, the, uh, that tournament's being decided at Dominion. Okay, so means- so he I and I, that. yeah. So uh, Osprey and Tanahashi, I believe, are the other two people. Now Tanahashi has a broken rib, and Osprey is wrestling with one arm. Um, so I don't know, you know, if they're going to make a change or whatever to that. But the thing that I had first assumed whenever I heard this tournament was, oh, Osprey is going to win at Dominion and they're going to do Osprey and Omega 2 at uh, Dominion, or excuse me, at Forbidden Door. Um, but 
Osprey Omega 2 needs to be saved until uh, it needs to be saved until England, unless they do go Osprey Omega 2 in the US and Omega puts them over and then they go to England and Omega puts them over again, which look, man, who's mad at that? Why not? Not yeah. mad. Like every, uh, the only thing that matters is that Osprey needs to beat Kenny Omega at Wembley. That's that, that is the, if that happens, that is everything that the WWE should have done with Sami Zayn in Montreal. That is Cody at Mania uh, 39. That is, that is those all rolled up into one um, where you're just reading the room and you're saying, thanks for coming out. Here's the, big thing that you wanted and we'll see you again next time and if you can if you could turn that into a every other year kind of deal or whatever that's the those are the ways that you do it man you don't you don't go in there vince would have uh omega and um osprey and then you know uh omega and don Callis, you know dastardly beat osprey or whatever in the end for eight but i think that the only move here is that osprey goes over omega at, at wembley Absolutely agree. As long yeah. as I just hope that they don't overdo the whole England wrestling scene. I hope they, because I, I was, I saw a thing on Twitter where there was a few people that were um, UK, but they, they were, gonna, they were like, we want to buy tickets and we want to go, but we just hope that it's not overly done in our face. Like all of the UK wrestlers that we know, like Omega and Osprey is, is acceptable, but don't throw it in our face. Well, see, there's a huge rep rep pro show that's going to be the day before. Okay, so that should be where the big rep pro guys are. Yeah, I know and, I want to go to the show, man. And 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 so that's Wait, when look, is, when is this? September. Uh, no, it's August the, it, it, uh, Yeah, it's the weekend before Labor Day. Seventh, I think. I'm gonna look into this. Yeah, I I go. I'm not, I'm but, not saying I can. I'm not saying I can do it, but I'm gonna look into it. Right, I John get ready to beep again, but I'd go. But f- the king. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we had the bleep in there for you. Yeah, you know how you. you know how awesome that would be though to to get to go to Wembley. Well, that, that, yeah, that would be that would be absolutely incredible. That yeah. this is this should be, by by all accounts, and I, and I'm assuming that they're too smart to screw this up. This should be one of those like just game changer shows. Yes. You know, that we talk we talk about for 20 years. This should be their big wrestle like like Vince wanted to make WrestleMania the big thing. Like this should be like the AEW's chance to make a statement like that. Like it doesn't yeah. it doesn't have to be the WrestleMania every year. No, no, dude. We still talk about SummerSlam 92. Yes. We in, in in my in my friend group. That is a huge group of wrestling nerds. The only two SummerSlams that ever get brought up are 92 and 2002. And the reason why is 92 was that Wembley show. And then 2002 is one of the probably 10 greatest pay-per-views of all time. Did um, you uh, Speaking of SummerSlam, though, did you see how well they're doing with tickets for uh, the Detroit show? Yeah, absolutely killing it. They sell 38,000 the first day. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. And not 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 only that, like at at those breakneck prices, yeah. you know, like like one hundred fifty dollars is the minimum ticket to get in or whatever. That's the thing about AEW is that their ticket prices are not breakneck. Like they're not going to kill you. 
in ticket prices. Like if you want to sit front row, like, yeah, you're going to pay for it. But like, if you want to sit in the lower bowl, like you don't have to act like they're not asking you an arm and a leg. Like I've sat in the lower bowl, 10 rows up from the floor and only paid $70. Right. And, and, and look, man, they're going to have to do that for a long time. Yeah. And and that's okay. But the longer you do that, the, the more core audience you build. And here's the most important thing with AEW doing this. And I'm not breaking any news here, but like, it's something that I feel like I haven't heard from people that talk. The most important way to get wrestling fans is to be able to take your kids. Yes. And so if you can afford to take your kids to a show, that's how you make forever fans. Dude, I'm a forever fan because my dad took me to the war memorial in 1992. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that, like that's, that's it is you can't price out kids. You have to be able to have kids there have to. Absolutely. And, and, and and it's hard. Like I will, I will not take baby mongoose to WrestleMania next year because I cannot justify her not caring for that ticket price. Do you, yeah. do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, my my so my point is that like you need to make the ticket price low enough so that I would want to take Baby Mongoose next year. Do you do you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the difference. Agreed. And and WWE's at a spot where they could just name the price, whatever. Yeah, people are gonna go in no matter what. Yeah, they're bulletproof. Right. Well, um, hey, uh, Mongoose, I have some stuff to say about Gato and Finley, but let's table that for later. Um, okay. But- because I know you had some stuff you wanted to say too, but let, we got, you know, we, we can talk about that some other time. But um, I did want to say about that Capital Collision show, though, that I think adding um, Clark Connors to Bullet Club is great. It's awesome. Yeah, good. Idea. Okay, here, yeah, and here's the thing that line that Finley said, and if you want to cut a quick promo, you go ahead, you go right ahead there, Andretti, because here's the thing Bullet Club was awesome. Because Bullet Club, Bullet Club was it mainstreamed NJPW because you had a bunch of great workers that had the look, that had the style, that had all those things, and sold a bunch of T-shirts. And so those Bullet Club shirts were all over the place, and that was one of the main things that helped permeate the brand. And then you have Finley, who look, man, Finley was just another never in like Finley in. New Japan is Lance Archer in AEW, meaning he is a guy that can work with anybody and have a fine match. But what do you got, man? You know what I mean? There's not a lot there. I've seen Lance Archer matches that have been lights out, dude. Lance Archer and Juice Robinson, Lance Archer and John Moxley. Like there, there's some great Lance Archer matches. Also, when Lance Archer comes on the screen or whatever, kind of yawn. Yeah. So when Finley comes out and Finley, first off, Mother bleeped up and down so bad that I almost went into convulsions because I'm watching that with baby mongoose, for God's sake. Not not ready for that. Yeah. I was just like, okay, buddy, like, what are we doing? But I give him credit that it has given him a breath of fresh air. I actually like that he didn't win the uh, New Japan Cup because now he has a reason to be more angry. And his his words were, I don't want a guy to sell. And this is air quotes. This is an audio medium, not a video medium. Uh, this is, I don't want guys to sell t-shirts. I want savages to win titles. And so dude, Clark Connors is awesome. He's a great wrestler. 
He's a great worker and he could be a killer. You know what I mean? And so that's awesome. Go ahead, heal him up, brother, and have him be rude and dastardly and rotten while putting on great matches. And I think that the rebranding of Bullet Club from T-shirts to savages is a really smart idea. I do. I think it might not work, but I think that the idea is great. It's going to it's going to work because he's not a great baby face. And he is a really fast, aggressive, physical, strong guy in the ring that looks really believable with what he does. Oh, yeah, so dude. Turning him heel and putting him with a group that already has some street cred, I think is going to take him to the next level. Yeah. Well, the thing about Clark Connors is my my big moment with him was that um, it was one of those shows that they did in the States over the summer where he got added to a match and everybody was like, and buddy came out and like had a couple of near falls and people were going nuts. Like this dude can go like, he's like, I I really think that that's smart, man, especially doing that in an American show, I think is double smart. Sure. You know, my, my only, my only real gripe about the Finley thing and, and I, I really do think that Finley's good in the ring. I, I really do. This this character with him now as a like a like a uh, you know the quote unquote leader. He's going to be the leader of Bull Club if he's not already. Um, being the uh, you know the top guy in there and, and being like a like a real brutal kind of heel. Um, the character's good. The character's really good. I thought he did a, an awesome job in the New Japan Cup. He had great matches every time he went out there. Um, definitely agree with you. But it was the right call to to not have him win it. Um, but my my biggest gripe with all of that with him was the transition. It was it, it was that I, I hated the fact that they lost Jay White and they immediately took a guy who was like a lower mid-card guy, and now all of a sudden, over the course of one evening, now I'm supposed to believe that this guy's like a like a like a main event heel. Right. And that it's it, it's it's not it's not that I disagree with the idea or that I disagree with, with Gato's decision to go with him. I don't really disagree with that. But what I disagree with was the fact that the transition between where he was and where he immediately was, was presented at in the new Japan cup, right before the, right before the cup, I have a big problem with that. And that you, you basically like made a quantum leap of a guy with no credibility or justification behind it. And I have a problem. I think it's lazy. I think it's, I think it's really lazy. It's lazy writing is what it is. And, and I, I, I don't like that, but you know, the thing, the thing that they could have done, and I don't know why they didn't just do this was, you know, ha- have him go into the new Japan cup. He already did the, he already did the Jay white thing um, where he hit him over the head. He already got, you know, made a name for himself by, by hitting Jay white over the head with the freaking shillelagh. So why not have him just go into the new Japan cup as himself, you know, and, and win a match or two and get on Gato's radar. And now all of a sudden, you know, throughout the course of the new Japan cup, he's becoming a member of the bullet club and becoming a big player in a bullet club instead of just telling us over the course of one evening, now this guy is supposed to be, you're supposed to treat this guy like he's a main event talent. Uh, that, that's my only problem with it. It's just like Gato's usually pretty good about everything he does, but I thought that was really sloppy and really lazy. Well, and that, that bullet club thing's a huge deal. So you had, you had AJ who turned on Finn. You had Kenny who turned on AJ you had uh, the uh, well, I guess that it was they had the the whole 
splintered bullet club thing but then it turned into jay white turned on okada who then you know sort of uh spearheaded himself into the head of the bullet club and then you know there was evil and look that was a disaster but at least they tried and the thing is with evil is that he had years of a following and a fan base and credibility that that leader of the bullet club turn is supposed to be a huge deal. And it was a huge deal, but like you said, man, it was very weird that it was David Finley. Like there was no inkling that David Finley was going to be the one that was going to come out there and do it. Like if we say that too too strange, yeah. like if, if we say, Oh, AJ, AJ styles, they, they just kicked out Finn Balor or Prince Devitt. Now AJ styles, the head of bullet club. All right. Oh, hey, dude, uh, Kenny Omega just uh, styles class, AJ Styles, and now he's the leader of the Bullet Club. Oh, well, he was just the light heavyweight champion, and right. now he's going to win the G1 and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Jay White's same kind of deal. You know, like, I don't know, man. It's 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 I, it's really interesting because I, I don't really understand why we had to do that in the moment where we had to really elevate a guy – so low into a top main event spot and, and they they kind of did the same thing with sonata where where they 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 shaved his beard and dyed his hair and gave him a new gave him a new you know a, a new lease on life and then and then pushed him as a main event guy over the course of the new japan like look again i think that david finley is actually really talented and i think he's going to do a, an awesome job with what he's doing and be really good you know in bullet club but the same thing with Sonata. I, I I was not a big Sonata fan. I like him now. I thought he did it, the, the the New Japan Cup was great. He did a great job. That match with Okada was great. So you know, look, I'm really happy for both those guys, and I think that they're both going to do a really good job. But you know, it, it just was one of those things where I I don't quite understand why we had to make that the decision to just hurry up and do these things so quickly, and then want everybody to just buy in. That that is that is not not a normal thing to do my assumption is they listened to the podski and they heard that we were saying we're john get ready to beat yep. and sick of uh sick of old okada and all them uh you know just the same old story all over well, okay. we i mean we always knew okada was a transitional guy but like and and again, I'm not I'm not saying that, that the belt shouldn't be on Sonata and we shouldn't give this guy a shot and let let him run with the football and see where we go with it. But it, it's it's just interesting that we had to very quickly elevate these two guys that we no one really saw as top guys. Why did we do that so quick? Why couldn't we drag that out a little bit? You know, they do all operate in a different timeline, though. You know, they're a house show business. Uh, primarily, me, or meaning like a like a ticket ticket drawing business, um, and the thing about that is that when you're a ticket drawing business, that's always why they play the hits and they go back to the people that have been proven draws, is because you want to be with people that are proven draws. They were able to do a little experiment with uh, evil during the shutdown time because there weren't crowds. Realized that didn't work. Went back, you know the sprinkle the Hulk dust basically back on there, have Okada come back in. But look, man, I think that, I think that ghetto read the room and said, ah, we, we probably need to do something different here. And their timeline is just different because they have, you know, there's not weekly TV, you know, there's two shows a month 
and there's two shows a month and there's three big pay-per-views a year, actually two huge pay-per-views a year and a couple of other big time shows. And so, you know, I guess, I, I guess it was basically if we want to be cranking on all cylinders at Dominion, we have to do this now. That's the only way. That's the only way that I can justify that. Yeah, well, one of the things that I like too is the fact that they're going to let Takahashi challenge for that belt, and that's typically not something that they do. Where they they don't really let light heavyweights challenge for that for that IWGP heavyweight title. Yeah. So, that's, and, that's and, a, and I think yeah, I think that, show special. Look, that's that's a big deal. I, I, Hiromu Hiromu going after that belt is a big deal. Now, why why they had him eat the pin? from Kanemura at Capital Collision, I don't understand why they would do that. But, I mean, I, I am looking forward to Takahashi and Sonata. I think that match will be really good. Especially old stablemates, stuff like that. I think, yeah, I agree. Awesome. That's all I got on. I just wanted to get I had to get all my stuff in on New Japan here real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I uh, guess we're going to get into our uh, real top five here. The uh, we'll, we'll hit the music now. Top five with Andretti, Mongoose, and the man of a thousand gimmicks, John Baker. So yeah, this is going to be our top five most hated to appreciated wrestlers. And I think, I think Andretti and I might have some overlaps here, but I hope not. But uh, who wants to go first on their top five? Because I I feel like this is gonna be awesome. I feel like we have we're gonna have a varying list here out of everything. Well, if we if we end up having some overlap, let's just let's just jump in there on the spot, and okay. we can we can you know like if if you and I both have the same guy, let's just jump in together right there instead of having to go over it again. All right, yeah. Do you want to go first, or uh, does Mongoose want to go first? I don't care. I can I can I can go first. It's fine. Like I I had a my I had an honorable mention. My honorable mention was Michael Cole because I actually I, I've I've been really down on him for for decades. Um, but it, it turns out it was never his fault. <laughs> so it was uh, <laughs> it was the it was the guy yelling into the earpiece. But look, I, Michael Cole has done a really good job. He's 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 actually super good at what he does. And I'm glad that I'm glad that he's kind of getting a little more freedom to be himself on the on the microphone and, and do commentary. And, and he's been he's been a markedly a, a heck of a lot better than what he's been, you know, the last couple decades. I think I actually I actually had Michael Cole before and crossed him off. So that was an excellent, excellent one, because just as you said, dude, I spent the better part of you know, 25 years hating everything that he said. And then whenever I got a chance to hear him say his things, I hated him way less. I thought that he was really good. And you know what I really like is that even though I, he's probably getting produced more and more now, uh, that SmackDown show that we just had on Friday, him, like, he, dude, he's feeling himself in the right way and he's living the gimmick in the right way. So when the action came to the announcer's table, and I can't remember exactly what the spot was, but he was screaming at, at the, maybe it was Riddle against Sokoa, where he was screaming at somebody to like hit the hit the heel, hit the heel. And so, you know, Cole's right there on camera and he's, hit him, hit him, hit him. And I, and I was, I was like, man, this, you know what, dude, you found yourself and I, I really, really do appreciate him. So that was a great one there, Andretti. Good one. I think all three of us wanted to put Michael Cole on our list because of how much better he is now. So 
bravo as a great honorable mention. Um, what what I wanted to do too with mine was, you know, I I I, I have a little bit of a tendency here on the show to to go back in time and look and look at old school stuff, but I wanted to, I actually wanted to keep this a little current. So all my all my guys on my top five and the honorable mention are all people who are working right now. But um, my um my number really five quick, was really quick. It's funny you said that because when we were doing the pre uh, pre pod chat, I literally said to John, like, dude, I I keep going back and forth because there have been face turns that changed my life. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? But, but I sure. didn't want to, but I didn't want that to be, I knew that it was different context than what we were asking for here. So I had all current guys, but that's funny that you said that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my, my number five um, is a guy that I buried thousands of times over in NXT um, to the point where I would literally send tweets to him and Triple H being like, this guy is absolute crap. Why did you sign him? He can't work. This isn't working. Get rid of him. He's lazy. He doesn't want to be there. You can tell it on his face when he's in the ring. Get rid of Hideo Itami. Kenta sucks. Uh, but yeah. now, I'm telling you right now, Kenta is in my top five favorite people in that's working right now. That guy is awesome in the ring. I love everything he does. He's an unbelievably talented heel. I love him in Bullet Club. I love his mannerisms. I love everything he does in the ring. He's fantastic. I'm going to buy your shirt. Kenta, you're the man. I love you. The thing about Hideo Itami or Kenta is that that man, when he was at NXT, he could not stay. He was never once healthy. He was only healthy for the launch of NXT, the, the real black and gold brand. And he was there for a short amount of time and then he would, he got hurt and then he'd be out for a year and then he'd come back and then he'd be there for two months and he was just starting to build steam and then he'd get hurt right away again. Like that dude had some really, really bad luck. But the thing, the thing too, was like his wrestling style in NXT is so different than what he's doing right now with Kenta, man. I mean, it, like what, what he's, what he's found himself doing now, he's kind of found his stride and found his groove and he's fantastic. Yeah, and, and kudos to him for changing the game up a little bit because we saw him uh, at the New Japan show and the Mark Hitchcock show, I believe. Uh, but he was awesome in both of those shows. Sure, sure. Well, and that that goes to the um, Filthy Tom was the one that I would say this that uh, because Filthy Tom was at the Performance Center, and you know basically he was like, you know, when you go to the Performance Center, like y- you you've worked one way, you know, like it is it is taking. It is taking a hundred pitchers and making them all throw from the same wind up and arm angle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's and uh and so the fact that he the fact that it didn't work there for him could have it, it like his you know perceived laziness, whatever you want to say. I hate to say it, man, but that that could have been one of those we've all got the job assignments from we're like, bro, this ain't it. You know, like no, you're let, totally let, right let me get to the end here. And so no, look, man, we, you should, you should work at your capacity for your employer. But that being said, if what your employer wants you to do, isn't what you do best, you know what I'm saying? That's, that, that's tough too. And so, you know, that, that, I think that that's the part that's, I don't want to call it redeeming, but do you get what I'm trying to say there? I think that that's, it sort of builds to the lore a little bit more is that there was, there was all this, 
sort of under the surface that was able to then, you know, really find itself after he was able to, you know, go back and do his own thing. We got for four. Um, I mean, you want to, you want me to go through all mine or do you want to just go back and forth? It's up to you guys. Oh, you give us yours and then we'll. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We can do that. Okay. So my, my number four, I had, I actually had Rio, uh, Rio at number four. Um, and yeah, I, the thing that I, I wanted to say about her was, um, when, when she, and, I, and I'm, I'm a victim of this, I'm a victim of this too, which is why I'm bringing it up. So w- when she first came out on AEW, um, she was very, very different than everybody that we had seen. Right. Cause I mean, for, for decades, we had kind of gotten accustomed to, um, divas wrestling, right. Where, where it was like, you know, these lingerie models that get thrown in a ring, stuff like that with, you know, sprinkled here and there with, with women that were actually pretty good at what they did. But, um, for the, for, you know, for the, for the most part, we, we did not, we did not get women who, who were presented or, or, you know, acted like Riho in the ring. And, and even, you know, when she came out and she started, you know, started wrestling everybody, it, well, not everybody, but obviously a lot of people that that were part of like the the United States audience. We just weren't used to that, man, and we and we weren't accustomed to kind of seeing that kind of style and that kind of like size of a person to be treated like they were a championship contender, right? So I did not, I I didn't like her at all, and, and I I've always hated her gear. I still don't really like her gear that much, but you know, after after really getting into a lot more women's wrestling and kind of getting exposed to, you know, Joshi pro and stardom and everything else, you know, even ice ribbon, stuff like that over the course of the last couple of years. Um, I've really kind of come to appreciate how good she really is. And she, she really is a very, a very talented athlete in the ring that does a lot of stuff that is kind of, you know, unpredictable for her, because when you look at her, her body size um, and her weight, especially, you don't expect her to be able to do the things that she does. But I mean, she sells really well, you know, of course, for being somebody who's so much smaller than the other people in the ring. But I mean, Riho is, is an unsung hero of, of AEW wrestling, in my opinion. I'm on the opposite end. I think she went from somebody I really liked in the beginning. And now I just am like, Neh. like, I I don't know. I just feel like there's better there's better people on the roster that could be utilized. But I don't know who the better ones are. I just think I want. I don't know. It doesn't seem believable to me anymore. See, here's my thing with I think it's the- I, I understand what you're saying because for me, Riho was high. Yes. Low, but then high again. And here's why. When she went low with me, whenever she was in that, and I don't know if she was just like traveling back and forth or there was visa problems or, you know what I'm saying? Like, or maybe just not booked on the shows. Yeah. But when she was on the show sporadically as just a guy or a gal, it was whatever. But I'll tell you what, man, that it's it's been said and it's true. Listen to the crowd in every Riho match, she gets over. Like every you know what I'm saying? Like she wins the crowd over. To go to Andretti's point, her offense is awesome because it is she's a hundred pounds if so 86 pounds, but double foot stomps, you know what I mean? Like things that still hurt no matter what. Uh so her comebacks are great. And the thing that I really like about her is I would rather see her hop in the ring and go for 12 minutes against Jamie Hayter as opposed to, you know, I just I, any one of these sort of, you know, like a, like a, even even an Anna Jay or one of them that are these up and comers, quote unquote, 
I'd rather see a Rio match than an Anna Jay match. You know, like like Rio's, she's good, man. She is. You're not, good. You're not wrong about that comparison, that's for sure. Yeah, Anna Jay sucks, but I think that um, for me, I think I get a disconnect in her gear. Like if I feel like her gear wasn't so, it feels so hokey to me now. But but, they, but you you like you understand though that they the company is built on the on the idea that people get to be who they want to be. Yeah. So I, she's coming from Joshi Pro, which we saw. And right. a lot of the women that we saw at that show dress in a similar fashion to to what Riho dresses like. Correct. And, and you know the thing that I, and I never I've never seen a Joshi Pro show, but the thing for me that always clicked with her was that she dressed like that, but <laughs> she's she's 87 pounds. So it works. Like she like she's the girl that Kenny Omega wrestled grown up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what i mean like they're like they're wearing the same thing yeah <laughs> that's true all right what do you got for uh number three okay so number three um i'm sure you guys are not too shocked by this one but mine is moxley um i i did not like wwe um <laughs> i thought the biggest thing that I, the biggest hang-up i had with ambrose was that i thought his punches looked really really bad and if you go if you go back and watch a lot of his WWE stuff, um, he he just he can't throw punches, man. And, and for me, it's it's just one of those things where if you can't throw a believable punch, I don't really like people that much in the ring. Um, it, it, it it should it should look like it's real, right? It should always look like it's real. But um, you know, when he left and went out on his own and started doing you know the 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 blood sports stuff and you know then transitioning into the AEW where he's doing like you know a little more edgier stuff um i've really come to like him and appreciate him not just for his believability now in the ring and for for his you know his, his presentation but also for the fact that he's been pretty good about stepping up about trying to help the help the locker room and being more of a leader and, and look man i know that there's polarizing people out there that some people really like Moxley. Some people really don't like him. And there's not a whole lot of people in between. You know, he's kind of one of those guys where where you either you either really like him and you're all in, or or you're not at all. And and for me, I've I've gone I've gone 180 degrees on that guy for sure over the course of his career. Where now, you know, when he comes on the screen, I get excited and I'm, and I'm happy to see him because I, I know the match is going to be good. Yeah, for me, I would say Moxley is for sure a. He he's in a, definitely an honorable mention. He's not on my list, but for sure because I hated Ambrose. Anytime you saw him, I hated that stupid wife beater, that gray, dirty looking wife beater. It was terrible. He always did that, like between the ropes and then lariat. Like we were all about giving people lariats here on the pods. He, but the I I couldn't stand. I couldn't stand the way that they portrayed Ambrose and um. What did he say? Sucker. It would, that was Roman that said suffering succotash, but but the whole Moxley deal, the Ambrose, he he just they did too much and they made him so hokey. And but whenever he debuted a double or nothing, that was that was awesome. And he's been awesome ever since. I does he bleed a little bit too much for me sometimes? Absolutely. I think everyone can agree on that. But that's his well, I remember I remember telling you guys too that it, it towards the end of that run with him in WWE, it got so stupid that he was like, that guy, that guy was at, at, at any moment, at any moment, he was about two or three weeks away from becoming Spike Dudley. Yeah. Really close. Well, but, I, 
but the thing with that is is that he had all but said that, that was how he was being written right he wasn't happy he knew they knew he wasn't happy he you we just talked about kenta literally same like it, it is it is the it's the it's the same face different hat um but my i've always always been a mox guy bake knows that I, I he's 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 been he's been my been one of my main men for a long time but um you know when you said about him being a locker room guy and stuff about that snyder uh, yep. remember that one um the uh the big thing was um when jim valley was going through all of his problems uh there there was these donor lists and of uh, people that were donating to Jim Valley having all of these surgeries because he was in this like seventh near-death experience. And you know, John Good was one of the people that donated, you know, a couple of thousand dollars, which is just awesome. You know, like this is this is just a rando broken-voiced wrestling journalist from Portland or whatever. And here's John Moxley kicking him a couple grand to help his hospital bills. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's really cool. Uh, and then also the fact that he had a kid and this is, I, I will not cry on the pod ski, but <laughs> the fact that he had a little girl and then sent himself to rehab oh. so that he would get, so that he would get okay. Like, I think that that's really awesome too. So yeah, Mox, Mox is the man. And I'm, I'm under the impression too that he really has gotten the the alcohol under control, right? I, dude, the, the fact he lost 40 pounds instantly, yeah. so that's right. how you know. That's look crazy. at look at look at pictures of him in uh, look at pictures of him in 2020, yeah. 2021, and look at pictures of him now. It, it's it, and that's what's crazy about it is you know the the drank is it, it brings us together and it tears us apart. You know what I mean? And sure. like, he just had that, that, you know, that puffy face and all that gonzo, you know? So that, that's the big tell for me anyway. So if all of a sudden Mox comes out 40 pounds heavier, we know that he's probably moosing the bottle in the back. Back on the south. Yep. yep back on the south. Uh, number two, what do you got for your number two? Number two, I got Seth Rollins for number two. Um, and this is a guy, you, you, you guys know I've gotten 180 on this guy. Um, but I've really come around to to him, and, and I I don't know exactly why. I As is, is crazy as this sounds, man, it, I think it might have been that that the, the, the vignette or promo, whatever you want to call it, whenever he was in Vince's office telling Vince he wanted a match. I think it was at SummerSlam, right? Or was it at Mania? It was and he ju- he he jumped up on the desk and started yelling like like a maniac. Yeah, yeah, that was for mania last year. So that I don't I don't know why, but everything up to that point that I had seen with him when he would be you know the crazy guy, I thought was so stupid and I didn't like it at all. But for some reason that popped me so hard and it changed everything. And then from there. I ended up starting to really like that guy. And I, and I know I've told the story be too, you know, to you guys before too, but like over the summer last year, I ended up being downtown Davenport, which is a, 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 a you know, a, a city who's seen better days, especially the downtown area, just like the, uh, the place where Mongoose and I grew up. I mean, it's a, a small city that's seen a lot better days over, you know, over the course of time, but it kind of felt like, kind of felt like that, you know? And, and I saw that he had, he's, he's got his gym, his, his, his wrestling school downtown, 
Um, I remember being right outside that building, man, and seeing people in there working and everybody was, you know, doing their thing. And I was like, you know what, man, like it just clicked. It just clicked all of a sudden. So, you know, then I started really paying attention to him um, a little bit more in terms of just like how good he is in the ring and how talented he is. And, and you know, they they really did miss something with him where they had a chance to make him the, the number one guy in that company and run with him as the main guy. And they didn't do it. And, and looking back on that now, man, they, they, I, he's just another one of those guys that they they had a real they had a real chance to make him a, a big star, man. And they could have really done it. And they and for whatever reason, they just didn't do it. And there's been there's been a slew of those guys over the years, man. And we all know it. But, you know, every time Seth Rollins comes out now, I, I end up really wanting to see him and I, and I want to see what he what he's going to do. Actually, Seth, Seth was on my list. So, yeah, Seth, Seth was on mine. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you with this much, Andretti. Uh, they tried and they had it to go with him. That's why he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. He got fiended. That was the problem. That too. Is they th- yeah, they thought that they, that they were going to run with the fiend and they had him cry in the corner. And then they had him get disqualified with a ball peen hammer in a match where the fiend had a, uh, you know, a hammer that was the the size of Rhode Island. Um, and uh, and that was it. That that killed him until he started to just dress like a total douchebag and make the crowd sing his song. That was it. And I'll tell you what, man, somehow both of those things worked. They worked for me. Obviously, they worked for you. And so, yeah, I, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, so for you, you were saying that that was a second big run that he had with the title. I thought that they had the chance when he was the original, whenever he pulled the ultimate heist at WrestleMania 31. And But the only problem with that was that, you know, he almost killed Sting in the ring at that Night of Champions and then followed that up about a month later, he blew his knee out and then they had the big baby face come back. They're redesign, rebuild, reclaim, and they didn't do anything with it. They brought him back to win the IC title, which I don't know how many times they tried to reboot the IC title over the last 10 years, but the only time it's ever worked is what they're doing right now Gunther. with Gunther. And I, yeah, so so for me, Rollins is, is absolutely super high on my list. And I'm with you, Andretti. Like, I didn't, as much as my heart was hurting for the fact that Cody was leaving AEW and going to WWE and the fact that you, Rollins was used to be my WWE guy and then I hated him because that whole Monday Night Messiah gimmick sucked and you can't convince me otherwise. Oh, you, you can't convince any of us otherwise that that gimmick was great. But whenever he started dancing on that table in Vince's office it it yeah I don't know if it clicked for me there but like then I saw the match and it it totally changed 180 perspective and I love Seth Rollins now like I'm still I'm back on the train with Rollins I don't know if he's like Andretti and I talked about this a lot when we were um out in LA for Mania Week but we were saying that you know Rollins is a guy that they don't need to put the belt on he can just be the guy the the guy that you know, you want to make a match for somebody, you want to make somebody, you put him in there with Rollins and he's going to be your big guy that, you know, gets somebody else to the next level or, and he can come back and do another title, a title chase. Well, does he need to win it? No, but it's still, th- that's basically what Rollins has turned into now. You know, I, I really, 
wouldn't mind seeing him get one more run as a chase guy and have maybe have him be the last short um short um program that that reigns works before he loses the belt well i heard that they might do that for SummerSlam. i think that's a good idea yeah i heard that that, so that reigns, reigns still gonna have that title at SummerSlam. he should i think he should i think i think that's a, i think that the, because i don't think he's gonna lose that belt at crown jewel or king of the ring now because it's not called so, crown jewel it's called king and queen of the ring no they changed it they changed night the of champions night of champions i'm sorry Night of Champions is going to be his thousandth day, and I don't see how they take the belt off of him at Night of Champions in in over for our great Saudi Prince. I, I think that he's going to have that belt till Mania Forty, and I think that it, there's no coincidence that you know somebody's listening to the damn Podsky. That's all I'm going to say is that Andretti and I laid that out as soon as we got back to the hotel about War Games and Cody's going to chase. And he's going to chase the whole way to mania and he's going to, he's going to end that story at next year, Philly. Uh, but there's been a lot of people in that, that have good wrestling minds that said the same thing a few days later. So somebody's listening I, to Potsky. I believe that Cody Rhodes is Either that or we're too damn smart. Who went, into, who went into the rumble at number 30 and one is going into the rumble at number one and is going to win. And that's what's going to happen, and he's going to be—he's going to win the belt in, in Philadelphia. That's my so, prediction. So, so, so you, so Andretti, you have Cody Rhodes, literally doing the Shawn Michaels. Yes. Yeah. Why not? Like, like even though Shawn went at one and then won the Rumble, lost, and then came in, and then won, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but you, you have the same story though, where he loses, and then the next year gets his big coronation. Yeah, absolutely. That's what that's what I think, and then they should have had they should have had Cody Terrace Peck this year then instead of last year. Well, yeah, because that that Sean that Sean comeback for the Rumble worked way better whenever he was coming off of the concussion than it did for uh, than it did for uh, uh, you know him just coming out of nowhere. Cody's Cody's redemption story with the and that was why I thought so bad that he should have won this is that you don't you can't expect injuries. And when you're handed one that times out as well as this one does, I just can't believe they didn't pull the trigger, man. And again, dude, I hope that this works. I do because good WWE is, is great for everybody and it's fun to watch and everything. I just, I hope that they, I hope that we're not doing this show a year from now saying, oh my gosh, if they just, yeah. do you know what I mean? That's, that's my biggest thing. I go to back think to back. about it. Think about it like this. Just, just frame it. Frame it in your mind. We're going to WrestleMania regardless. And and oh, for, dude, for, I'll go, for I'll go to else, WrestleMania if it's yeah. I'll go to WrestleMania if it's nails versus dark chic. Whatever, some, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm in. That's just exactly it. I mean, we're gonna have an unbelievable experience that whole that whole time. It's gonna be awesome. I mean, whether it, whether Cody wins it there or or Gunther beats you know uh, Chad Gable in the main event. I don't care. I'm going regardless. And even if even if we didn't go and we were just going to watch those on TV or watch them on the app or whatever, um, they're going to be awesome. They're going to be great shows no matter what. Um, now, do they always do what we want them to do that makes sense? No, they're, they don't always do that. But I hope that they do. Agreed. All right. So uh, who is your number one on your well, – most we got to appreciate real, real easy, real easy transition here into Roman Reigns at number one. So, you know, Reigns, Reigns was a guy that I, I, it was never his fault, man. 
It was never his fault that I didn't like him. Um, but he just was a, a Vince guy that they kept shoving down everybody's throat. I couldn't stand it. I hated the fact that I didn't I didn't believe him as a as a main event guy. I and uh, and you and I talked about this whenever you were out here, Baker. But um, I've I had never seen a great Roman Reigns match. I really wanted them to take the training wheels off of that guy and give him let him do his thing. And it, I I felt like in that Mania match with Cody was the closest thing that I had ever gotten to that, to see that that guy really can sell and really can work his ass off. And he's very, very, very good at what he does. And look, man, we all have our own opinions about Vince and how Vince makes decisions. Vince's call on running with him is the right decision. He was right about that. He was always right about Roman Reigns being the guy, but he never framed it the way that it really could have been. And now with Reigns being a heel... And on the other side of the aisle, from what Vince initially wanted, it's been fantastic with him as a as a top guy. Yeah, I think you're hundred percent right that Reigns was always the guy. But we, it's the same thing we always said, and at least I remember saying it is that he's not a believable babyface. That guy is a heel, and as soon as they turned him heel, everything worked out perfectly. And it sucks that he had to get cancer along the way and give us that storyline to make us feel bad for him. And that aided into him becoming a heel and even becoming even more awesome. So, uh, you know, I, I absolutely agree. He's not on my list. He would be an honorable mention, but I absolutely, because I, I have always appreciated uh, Reigns, but it's always just been kind of like, all right, can we like, like, let's just do it the right way. And they finally have done it for the last three years. So it's, it, it's, he's the right heel that like, he's the right kind of heel that, that, Head of the table and bloodline thing is so brilliant, man. Yeah. It's so brilliant. Brilliant. Like that, 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 I don't, I don't know how he could have been this big of a superstar any other way. And, and it's, and it's so crazy to think that that's a Vince creation and, and all the other stupid stuff that Vince created. But, but the thing is, is he's not a dumb dumb. The Vince also did make stone cold. Vince also did make the rock. Right. Some things were totally by accident, but he's and not Hulk a dumb dumb. Everybody else, yeah. Right, right, right. Look, it's 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 not it's not that Vince doesn't know what he's doing. It, it, the the long term planning and his uh, ability to identify talent for the most part is really good. For the most part, now whether or not they just throw some stupid gimmick on somebody and kill them dead, that happens all the time too. But the 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 long term planning with him. It seems like it's always been pretty good. It's the short-term stuff where he can't get out of his own way day-to-day, month-to-month, week-to-week is where Vince has a lot of trouble and where he show needs somebody show. like Triple H to do it. Mm-hmm. Show-to-show. Yeah. Segment-to-segment. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that, that is a hell of a list you got there, Andretti. I love your top five and even your honorable mentions. But uh, Mongoose, what do you got for your top five? Let's hear them. I'm going to go rapid fire honorable mentions here really quick. All right. Um, first honorable mention. I have three of them. That's it was just rapid fire. Uh, the, this I has to be said, hated his guts from about 1999 until 2001. And then fell so deeply in love with him right around 2016. And I'm so glad that he's in my life is Tony Schiavone. Oh, uh. I love he, Tony on the stick when WCW was on the top. I thought that Tony was smug. 
I thought that he, I'm not saying he was bad at his job, but I, he came off as, as smug and pretentious. And I did not, I just, you know, they always make those jokes about his chair being higher and stuff like that. He, that was how he came across to me. Did not just thought it found him to be very unlikable. And I absolutely love him, man. I, I love, he's embraced who he is. He's like, he, again, I love people that not just the, the, the uh, self, like the self-deprecating, but those that are self-aware, like Tony's aware of how he was perceived, what he's done in between and where he is now, and he's having fun. And so Shivani is my first one. Um, my second one, and I don't have a lot to say, but I've come around on him big was the great Ocon. Uh, when he debuted, uh, I was just like, oh, here's a big poop fart, like tall guy. Like what? This is stupid. Whenever he debuted with Osprey against uh, Shingo. Um, and you know what? <laughs> great Ocon is awesome. That's all I have to say about that. Dude is freaking great. Uh, and then my last honorable mention is the king of sweaty purple face and blown out quadriceps that is mr shane mcmahon here comes the money dude i love shane mcmahon and i probably don't like him for any of the right reasons but i i think i only have shane mcmahon on this list because you guys hate him so much uh but i shane and matt came back i was I was so happy. I was so happy. And then he was all purple and then he blew his leg out right away. And so, yeah, I got Shane McMahon on there. Shane's on my, my reverse list. He, I understand. I understand. Yeah, I understand. So I I never wanted the guy to get injured, but I've never, I've never been a fan of him at all. No, yeah, I was I was hoping that he was going to come back, dude. I I don't know. I just loved it. I was hoping we were going to get a bunch of Shane on TV. Like I was just looking forward to just talking to you guys all the time about how great Shane O'Mac is. And so you know, uh, so my my real list, my number one or number five, I guess my number five is the Big Red Machine, uh, Mr. Glenn Jacobs himself, Mayor Kane. Uh, I spent a lot of years from the early 2000s on thinking this guy is just a big red waste of space. And then, <laughs> and then my child was born and she fell in love with the seven foot, you know, demon brother of the undertaker that killed the undertaker's parents. Uh, and so did I. You know, so did I. I have a poster cane on my wall that John got me for Christmas. Uh, My uh, baby mongoose has an Undertaker cane poster in her bedroom uh, that Trigger bought her. Um, My figure collection is literally wrestling figures is a fourth of it is cane figures. Uh, I I love cane, man. I do. And the best part about cane is... The last couple of years that he was making the comebacks, when he just outright put on the mask with a wig on top, yes. I absolutely love that he didn't throw wig on with a buzz cut, it or mask on with a buzz cut. It was mask on with wig. Yes. So I got I got Kane as my number one or number five. My number two, easy for me, 
Mike, the Miz Mizanin. Uh, I've I've put him over on the show before, man. Again, when you become self-aware, when I, mean, I don't know if it was him or creative, but whoever said, Mike, you're 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 a nerd, be a nerd. He's the best nerd, man. His histrionics and him playing off every time he would get cut off hosting the mania show and him getting cut off by logan paul and him trying to text logan paul he's just the best geek and so i had to have mike the miz on my list my next one is uh interesting because when he was in new japan usually it's the opposite uh but when he was in new japan um i thought that he was a big nerd for a long time. I hated his capri pants. I hated his dreadlocks. Uh, and now he's rock hard, baby. Uh, and so I got Juice Robinson as my number three. Uh, because if you go three quarters Jack Black um, while still being like a good worker, brother, this is pro wrestling. I'm in. I'm I'm all the way in. And so uh, not only the fact that he's embraced rock hard, um, but now that we have him in a little mini stable with my number four or number two, whichever way, yeah, I guess it'd be number two, who is Jay White, I'm all the way in. So I got Jay White as my number two. Uh, Jay White, um, I thought was slow and boring and didn't have a personality. And then what he did was develop the personality while staying slow and boring and made it work. So he literally, he's one of those guys, dude, he can work until he's 97 years old. He, he, he does holds. He, he just gripes at the crowd. He does a bunch of walking around and screaming. And yet his matches are really, really good. Uh, he's, he's a good love to hate guy. He's an awesome heel. If he ever wants to turn, he'll be a mega, mega baby face that the second he feels like it can be a dastardly heel right again, because he's a natural heel, but he's charismatic enough that you can get behind him. <laughs> Excuse me. So, uh, Jay White was my number two. And then my number one with a bullet is the guy that got pinned by Johnny Knoxville one year and then comes out and uh, I wanted to beat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship a year later. And that's Sami Zayn. Uh, Sami Zayn, uh, I'll tell you what, man, I was not into the indie scene when he was El Generico. So everything that I've ever heard or seen has been later on. Um, he was the annoying Castro cosplayer for a long time. And then the second that he wiggled himself into that bloodline storyline, mm. dude, he, he turned me on right away. And it, he was so funny because he didn't belong and he made himself belong. And then when you'd watch him break those guys on the screen, like I actually really, I love when people break people on screen and seeing people thank each other after pins. Those are like my two favorite things to see uh, because like, I like the, to, the to knowing that it's a brotherhood, you know what I mean? And so when you got him breaking consistently, both Usos and Roman and Heyman and all those guys that are consummate pros on the screen over and over again, 
you know that like it's a really endearing thing to see and you know that they're that they're you know that they're buddies afterwards and i i don't know like for me that's that that really immerses me into the storylines more um and again we talked about this before man i had to give him the belt in uh montreal and i still don't take that back um that uh, I just think he's the greatest. I, I really love what they got going on with him. And I'm very happy that they saw what they had, changed the plans, and didn't run with it the whole way, but ran with it. So Sami Zayn's my number one. Yeah, I love, that, that is a hell of a list. I love it. I, I really like Sammy, um now. And I tell you what, a, a year and a half ago, I would have told you that that guy can kick rocks. I don't want to see him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, get out of town. I mean, dude, they when they're coming out, they're coming out with that mousetrap elite of him. And I was like, dude, I would have canceled that so quick with that stupid figure just reminding everybody that that guy was just a, a geek for yeah. 20 years. Oh, my. All right. Well, uh, my top five. So my absolutely, uh, as stated before, like my honorable mentions are uh, – I definitely add Sami Zayn to that list. I totally forgot about him, how much I hated his guts. Um, and, and somebody like Moxley, for sure, definitely on my list. Uh, but for number five, for me, and, and my most hated to appreciated is Baggy Pants HBK. I despised whenever Sean changed from the tights to the baggy pants that I... It, it was it was in the point where I was starting to phase out of it. I was starting to hit that age. So I missed all of that great stuff that Sean did with Kurt and Undertaker and and Flair and all of those guys. And then when you go back and watch it, you're like, holy shit, like this might have been better than what he was doing in the in the late nineties or even early nineties. Like seeing how much I like baggy pants, Sean. Now is just like it's so insane because you just think it's it's so wild that his the second part of his career after he took the break is better than his first run. Uh, but at the time, that, that Kurt match is insanely underrated, man. Insanely underrated, and, and the only reason is because those two Undertaker matches are two of the greatest matches ever. But that, yeah, dude, that 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 Kurt match is insane. It's so good. Um, it it is so good. Uh, and then, so to kind of follow that up with somebody who was a part of the baggy pants era of HBK is John Cena. And it's the now, like the Cena that we got in the, now looking back at what Cena was like from 15 to 20, like how much I hated him. And then he kind of went away and he came back to do that U S title run. Uh, just just to get it to 16 or whatever, like how much I appreciated that and kind of what that meant. And the fact that like he comes back now and it's like a breath of fresh air or it's it's really I, I used to hate to see Cena. I couldn't stand one. I, I hated him, which whenever I was, you know, whenever he first came onto the scene after the whole prototype deal and he was, you know, Dr. Thugonomics, he was one of the best that I loved. And then, you know, he transitioned into that at when, once he got into the whole fruit, fruity pebbles deal, like couldn't stand him. And it just, one, he was in like the reigns deal. Like he was Vince's guy. He was pushed down our throats and, you know, they never did do the reigns deal where they turned him heel, but 
I don't even know if that turning him heel would have ever been the right thing either. But now I appreciate John Cena so much for what he is and what he was. And, and, and he, he kind of is sorely missed a little bit. Like, cause now when he comes back for WrestleMania, it's like, man, I, I miss having him around now. So, but yeah, so John Cena is number four on my list. Uh, number three, uh, Andretti is a big mark for this guy. And we talked about him a little bit earlier, uh, Bret Hart. So uh, Bret Hart is my number three because when, as a, and this is the power of WWE, in the early 2000s, as a fan, I was conditioned to think that WCW was the shit. And it was stupid. And they just shoved how awful WCW was to all the fans. So, as a as a ten year old, I was conditioned to just like because I had just missed the window of WCW. So I was you know conditioned and trained as a fan that you don't watch WCW. It sucks. And and, and Brett left here to go to WCW. And you know, as an older fan now, that's like not the case. And I absolutely have done a complete one eighty on Bret Hart. And I after going back and watching all that new gen stuff, I have an absolute newfound appreciation for Bret Hart and for everything that he is. I mean, he may be a shithead now, but his matches are awesome. And they won then too. But I mean, but they all are, dude. That's Sean's my favorite of all time. And Sean is one of the, especially during the his heyday, is noted as one of the three worst people that have ever been in the business. Right. You know what I'm saying? Dude, Big Daddy, we 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 all eat out of Kevin Nash's hands. Oh, and we that. know that he was also a complete jerk off to yeah. a lot of people. So yeah, like I, you can't even hold that against them. We know we know what they are. Yeah. And I just, I just love Bret Hart so much now. Like I, if I'm watching anything old, uh, old school or anything like the, the, the early nineties WWF and it, and there's a Bret Hart match that comes on, I'm, I'm, I'm getting pumped for that match. Like I want to see that match regardless of even if it's against freaking nails, like I don't even care. Um, but yeah, so he did feud with PCO over a stolen jacket. He did. He did. I don't want to get into that yet. Cause I want to talk about that on another show. <laughs> I, got, I got a lot to say about that. Um, speaking of PCO, we saw him almost kill himself. He did three flips in one match uh, out there in LA. That guy's that guy's out of control, man. It's a psycho. My uh, number he's two. Not, he's not human. So you have to remember that he's not human. Right. That's yeah. He is not. He's not human. Correct. Uh, but my number two, and this is another WCW deal. Uh, I thought. Jeff Jarrett was the biggest dirt bag the business has ever had. My <laughs> world, my world. Jeff, it's Jeff. so funny. It's so funny because I didn't still do. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Jarrett's gear in WWF was the absolute dirt worst gear, and now I love it. I think it's the greatest gear ever. And then he went to. Whenever he was in WCW and doing the slap nuts deal and wearing the everybody, the, the reason that I hated Jeff Jarrett is because you see a lot of Jeff Jarrett stuff whenever he was late in the WCW run and he wore those yellow shaded or the yellow tinted, you know, shop glasses. So and, awesome. It's so awesome now. But whenever I was in high school, 
every kid with a truck and camo pants wore those glasses as if they were sunglasses. And I guarantee you, they probably still do it today at the high school. And I hated, hated Jeff Jarrett. And now I, I love him so much. He is so awesome. Ah, love Jeff. I can't get enough Jeff Jarrett. I want him more on AEW. Dude, I've, I've loved that guy since USWA to WCW to WWE, whatever. I, I've been a huge Jarrett fan my whole life. And I thought that Jeff Jarrett was a piece of dirt whenever he was running Global Force Wrestling. And and then you see him uh, on Impact. And you're just like, like when's it, when, is en- when is enough is enough? Like, I don't even care to see this guy anymore. And then whenever he came back to in <laughs> the biggest heat spot of Jeff Jarrett ever, was that Royal Rumble where WrestleVotes got us all hyped in saying that there's some big guy coming back for for the Rumble, and it ended up being Jeff Jarrett. We were so pissed and so let down, but then it's after that, like he's totally turned the corner for me. Who, who did you think it was going to be? Antonio Rocca? Like, who, who did you, or Antonio Rocca? Who did you think was coming out? That was the mania that we thought it was going to be Omega. Yeah. The, the hints were that it was going to be Omega. And, and it was it was out of shape, Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett at number eight. Yeah, I still I still got Jarrett in my bottom five down there with Maven, <laughs> and down there in Hades. Crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> you're beautiful. Kirsten Dunst. You're beautiful. Jay Hernandez. You're crazy. <laughs> crazy beautiful. And and then my number one is somebody we already talked about, which is Seth Rollins. And I thought that Seth Rollins was one of the he was my WWE guy. Uh and it, back whenever I was starting to get back into WWE and that WrestleMania 31 with the ultimate heist of cashing in the money in the bank, I thought that was like the coolest thing that he had ever like that I had seen in years. And then they he gets hurt and he comes back and they turn him into a total geek. And then that Monday night Messiah deal. We already talked about it a lot, but Seth Rollins has gone from my most hated to most appreciated. Um, and, and I, I just, I love Seth Rollins now, but I, I hated him before. So that's the top five most hated to appreciated. I thought all of our lists were awesome. And you guys got anything else? No, I thought that was great. Everybody, I thought you guys' lists were were really good, man. And we we didn't overlap too much, which is pretty pretty interesting. That's what I was gonna say. I didn't think we overlapped too much. I liked it a lot. Yeah, and, and that's what's what's interesting is that like you said Roman, and I didn't think of Roman, but Roman's a good one. Yeah, I and did. Then when I said when I said Sami Zayn, whenever I could see I could see John's eyes, like oh shoot, like yeah, that's that's pretty sweet, man. And I'll tell you what, the Bret Hart, Bret Hart was a really good one, especially from being someone that's been Team Sean. That I tricked myself into thinking that Bret Hart sucked for a long time, and then uh, you know when when I went back and I rewatched every WWE pay per view from WrestleMania one until WrestleMania. 17 uh and then i rewatched all the manias during shutdown and dude brett's brett's the greatest man brett he holds up matches are awesome yeah that was a that was an awesome pick too love it love it 
All right. Well, uh, thank you both for being on. Make sure you check us out on socials at the underscore Podsky on Twitter, the underscore Podsky on Instagram. Check us out on YouTube. Make sure you check out last week's episode, the um, the return of Hot Shots Wrestling. Uh, that's all on YouTube. It's all here on the Podsky as well. So check that out for sure. We're going to bring that back very soon. And um, don't forget to download, rate, review, and subscribe. And make sure you check out all of the stuff that Andretti and I did at, out at Mania Week. Uh, we had some really good shows out there. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time on the Podski.